0: Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new week of Locked on Flames. Today we are tackling the monster of RFA arbitration, what it means, what it does, and how this impacts players that elect to go, and players like Matthew Kachuk who decided to skip out on it. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? And thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and we're going to talk salary arbitration. What is it? Who's it for? And why is Kachuk skipping out on it? But as a reminder, please make sure that you are subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you listen to your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Audible, Odyssey, Stitcher. We're also free on YouTube. Uh, This is the last, like, quote-unquote live episode before um, the rest of the week is pre-recorded because I am on vacation heading to the lake, so any breaking news will have like a breakdown later in the week. Um, <laughs> so let's jump into this salary arbitration. This first window here is for restricted free agents and RFAs are, you know, they, the rights are owned by the teams. Which is what makes it different from UFAs, because UFAs can do what they want. They have the agency to do what they want. Restricted free agents, a little bit different. The arbitrator in the situation is a neutral party. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about it because <laughs> it can be a little confusing. There's a lot that goes into RFAs and understanding their rights, their salary, you know, how do they, you know, get what they want even though their rights are owned by the team. So let's run through this. I'm using an article from The Score written by Thomas Drantz, eight years ago. The first step is the hearings that are scheduled. Um, they are scheduled, I believe, between this week and then I think the first week of August. Um, and the team pegs the value of the player and it's typically a lot lower than what the player is worth, which can lead to hard feelings, right? And it can definitely lead to situations where players are like, oh, that's, that's what you want to pay me. But uh, they also, like this first meeting is determined, like they pitch their case, you know, why is uh, Andrew Banjupani worth X amount of money? And then his agent will say, okay, well, this is our case, and obviously, it's for more money. Um, you're never going to say, Oh, yeah, sure. Because, you know, if you wouldn't be going to arbitration if, <laughs> if you could agree on a salary. So, when <sighs> this window is really ever used for players who are kind of over, like, this the arbitrator is limited to an award no la- no lower than eighty five percent of the total pr- of the previous year's base salary, signing bonuses and performance bonuses. This window is rarely used unless a player unless a team thinks a player is overpaid and that they can demonstrate <laughs> that to an arbitrator and get an award below the qualifying offer. That rarely happens. So. Both player and his current team submit their expectations for the player's salary for the coming year. The team cannot request a, sa- a reduction in salary greater than 15%. The arbitrator hears the case from both sides and renders a verdict. Who who on the Flames is heading to arbitration? Andrew Bonciapani, Oliver Shillington, and Matthew Phillips. So these negotiations are in lieu of a qualifying offer if they agree to the qualifying offer then they aren't doing negotiations they're they're not trying to find a little wiggle room they're not trying to uh you know get a little bit more bang for their buck sort of situation uh at least here they have a neutral party determining their worth and not someone who is trying to get us get them on a steal you know i think it's important to remember that the arbitrator is setting the salary and it's usually somewhere in the middle between uh the flame or the team and the player and in this situation i'm really curious to see how negotiations uh, or how these hearings go with manjuopani because he his cap hit i think was 2.5 million dollars these last two years i don't think he's a 2.5 million dollar player i think he's close to double that uh but I think that some players may take it personally, you know, if their team lowballs them. How like how could you not? You know, this is you're their employee. You're the reason they're making all this money, or part of the reason at least, and they're gonna lowball you. Like if the flames come in at an offer that's less than three point five, I will be shocked and almost mortified because Andramanji Ponti is at that age now, like the catapulting age into his prime. You know, we talked about John at this age, he had his 99 point season. Matthew Kachuk is right around the same age. So they're gonna like launch themselves to that next level. And do you really want to ruin some more relationships? Not that the relationship with Gaudreau was ruined, but do you want to risk another fantastic player walking away in free agency? I don't know. Do you? Is that something you want? Especially a player like Monju Pani, or Kachuk? I don't know. I don't think it takes much to think about that to come up with an opinion. But coming up next, we are absolutely going to talk more about arbitration. How, what, what does an arbitration deal typically look like? And what does it mean for the future of this player on this current team? But before we do that, we are going to take a quick break to talk about our partners at Bet Online, and just as a friendly reminder, please gamble responsibly, and you know, try to make the best choices possible. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's MLB trade deadline. Reality TV, you name it, they have it. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Flames. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at JessBellMostow. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it oh, right on the screen. Uh, J-E-S-S-B-E-L-M-O-S-T-O. All right. Arbitration. It, it, it's a lot. It's If you're not someone who follows it closely or understands the basic legal terms, or knows how to read the CBA, then it's a lot to digest, which is why I'm thankful to have resources to relay it to you. Because um, this arbitration plays, this the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement for the players, goes into the, uh, like how qualifying offers and arbitration work, right? If you file for arbitration, we can no longer accept your qualifying offer. So it is off the table. Andrew Mangiapane is away, a year away from hitting UFA status. And, you know, you can imagine how that's going to go. I, I, well, I don't even want to think about it. I'll be sick. Uh, a year or so ago, his agent said he isn't looking for a one- or two-year deal, that they want something longer. But you don't get that with arbitration. You get a year. And... and Get and potentially get a raise, and I guess you can do an in-season extension if you want. That way, you know, you don't have to worry about losing that player in uh, UFA come next July. But, you know, is this a situation where this team looked a lot different a year ago? And Manju Pani and his agent are kind of like, you know, maybe it's best if we shop elsewhere. And maybe, I mean, obviously he can't talk to other teams right now. That's tampering and very illegal. But does he just want to play out this year and see how it goes and see if he can become, like, something that they build around? Do they, you know, if is his long-term signing uh, depending on, like, will he sign long-term if Matthew Kachuk signs long-term, if Kachuk doesn't, Sign long term? Will he walk next year as well? Like, what are what? I can't pick these people's points. I can only make assumptions. And I think that this team looks incredibly different than it did a year ago. But it's not far off from something that can still, you know, make a wild card spot or the playoffs. And you have to find someone to uh, you know, make up a little bit more production for John, for the loss of John. You have to find that stride again in your players like Matthew Kachuk, Andrew Giapani. You want to see more out of players like Dylan Dubé, who I think hasn't reached his ceiling yet. But are you just going to sign this one-year deal with arbitration? I mean, at this point, you, you have to pretty sure you have to. And then sign an extension or, you know, let, let your feelings be known when the season rolls around and towards, you know, when those conversations come up again. Or is Mangiapane just going to be like, yeah, I'll stay if you build around me. Um, I, I don't know. I think that he is young enough where you could absolutely make those decisions. You still have time left for Markstrom. You still have Coleman and Toffoli, you know, there's still, there's still time. The window isn't completely shot and shut and locked yet, but Mangiapane really is one of the best players on the team. And I hope that they can avoid him walking. Uh, I mean, he's just such a, he's a great player. He's a funny guy. And I think, you know, losing another 30 goal score, 20, 30 goal scorer would be absolutely brutal for this team. You know, if you lose a player like Oliver Shillington, uh, I'm not saying he's, you know, super replaceable, but I think that's easier to replace, especially with your defensive prospect core. You know, I think you have uh, enough depth there to promote someone like Connor Mackey. I don't think you so about Mackey and uh, Daryl Sutter will ever kiss and make up. So, you know, you're kind of left scratching your head and hoping that they're able to get an extension done and you don't have to worry about losing him in free agency. I think, you know, if they were to do something, if they were smart, they would do a sign and trade. That way you are at least getting something for him. I, again, I don't know what the plan is. I can't pretend like I know what the plan is but I'm trying to ease your anxieties while also trying to talk myself down off the ledge. So this is kind of just very difficult (laughs) to do sometimes. But again, arbitration is not the end of the world. It is not something that means there's bad blood between these two, the team and the player. It just means that the player knows that they're worth more and the player's agent knows that they're worth more, so they want to take it to someone who is not involved and will absolutely figure something out. And I'm again, I'm very interested to see what they offer Mongiopani, Matthew Phillips, and Shillington. I think it's gonna be I, I hope that they're not gonna sit here and lowball any of them. I think Matthew Phillips is like the most likely candidate to kind of just take what he gets because he is a prospect who knows he'll probably make be making it next year, but making the roster out of camp. But at the same time, like, that's probably a chance for Bad Blood to start. And I think I can't think of any cases off the top of my head, but especially in baseball, the team will come in with disgustingly low numbers and the players are usually like, I'm sorry, what was that? And nine times out of 10, it's, you know, kind of like, okay, you know, the player deserves a little bit more respect than that, like a little bit more decency. Can you treat them like a human being and not a pawn? (laughs) But again, it's just one of those things that is part of the business and I think it's one of the more interesting things, especially when you look at the figures. I would love to be a fly on the wall, especially in a case where, like if Matthew Kachuk were to go to arbitration, which again, he didn't, he more than likely going to sign his QO, but um, <laughs> I would love to hear the cases that each team makes for their players. I would, they have to do it in a way, like they have a certain way that it's done. And I'm trying to, so they have to be able to, so the evidence that they can provide is the number of games played and the player's injury history, overall performance, length of service of the player to the club or in the NHL, the overall contribution of the player to competitive success or failure of his club in the preceding season, that could hurt Manju in the playoffs. That could probably ding him a good amount. Any special qualities of leadership or public appeal, again, because they have to market them and just make money off of them. The overall performance of alleged comparable players. So that's that's a big part, I think, that we could see. I, I don't know who you could compare either, like any of these players too, honestly, but here's a sample of what sort of evidence is inadmissible. Okay, cool. Any arbitration award that a club walked away from, prior negotiating history between the club and the player, testimonial, videotapes, newspaper columns, press game reports, or similar materials. So, like, this podcast could not be, like, Last summer, when I just was hyping up Manjupani in his, um, when he played, for, played in Worlds, that can't count, unfortunately. You know, I, I think it should. That's, but again, completely biased. Qualifying offers, a contract signed by a player that is not offered as a comparable player. So, like, you could absolutely not make a case where Andrew Manjupani... So say his team is like, okay, we want him to make $11 million because Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, yeah, like they're not comparable players. You know what I'm saying? So you just, you can't put them in the same category. You can't do that. Uh, any arbitration award issued in 2005, 2006, or any reference to a salary arbitration opinion that took Placed prior to the beginning of the salary cap era. Particularly notable is that the statistics that player and teams can use are generally prehistoric numbers. Those official stats that are kept and maintained by the league. So you can't use your expected goals like goals against, expected goals for, uh, goals per sixty, sort, sur- uh, Corsi, things like that, uh, PDO. Like you can't use that. Real time stats like hits and turnovers, which are extremely subjective subjective and notoriously unreliable, are admissible. So, you know, if I'm a player rep, and this is coming from someone who works literally with a players union, um, you're making a case to start integrating those new stats. You know, the ones that Paint a clearer picture of a player's game. You don't have to be. Doesn't have to be all of them. It's something like Corsi, like PDO. Just a thought. But anyways, coming up next, we are going to talk about Matthew Kachuk opting out of arbitration and what does this mean? Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Is there any sort of silver lining to this? We'll find out next on Lockdown Flames. This does not need to set off alarm bells, but at the same time, if you're hearing them, don't ignore them. <laughs> this is truly a double-edged sword because he could not sign this qualifying offer and head right to free agency. Robert Thomas just signed an eight-year deal with St. Louis Blues. Do you know who Kachuk is, who is very close to? That's right. Robert Thomas of the St. Louis Blues. But like I said, you sign your QO, you get a one-year deal, you sign and trade in the next 12 months. And if he doesn't want a long-term deal, then it's heading to negotiations, you know? Uh, I know we're all on end right now, and I think it's important to remember that we are, like, you have to look at the bigger picture. You can't just focus in on what's happened in the last five days. It's so important to remember that he can still negotiate if he does not sign his qualifying offer. The Flames can sit down and say, listen, he didn't sign that. That's okay. And he didn't want to go to arbitration. That's okay because we have this deal for you. Six years at $9 million. What do you say? Or do you want to go eight, the modified no move, movement clause? You know, you can get more creative when there's room for negotiations. And I think that's a, That's the important thing to remember. He has until Friday to sign his QO. Uh, I would assume he's been in contact with um, Flames. I'm very interested to see how it goes and what his next move is what his game plan is because you know (laughs) we don't know what this team's gonna look like until either that qualifying offer signed or an extension is signed so it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking and I understand why people are on edge I would be very upset um you know, if I spend my whole life rooting for this team, and two of the best players in the locker room just decided to up and leave, but at the end of the day, you have to remember they're people. Do I think that Kachuk's camp is more driven by notoriety, uh, money, marketability, things like that? Yeah, I do. Do I think that John like genuinely cares about you know the other factors of it? Yes. But you know, I think I think it'd be interesting to see how things work out. I don't know. I think that I think that they can do some negotiating if the QO isn't signed and they slap a C on his chest. They say you have proved a lot to us this year. You know, Geo left. You were able to, you know, be a little bit more comfortable not walking on eggshells. You were you were good. You were an excellent player. You were a 100-point player. You're the star. You want to be number one? Well, now you are. And just give him a bunch of money. I think that's what's going to happen. I do. But I also thought that John was going to resign in Calgary, so. <laughs> what, truly, what do I know? Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked Flames. And, you know, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, I will be on vacation this week. I should be back Friday. I should have an episode up Friday. And I am so excited to talk to you all again, reconvene later this week and talk all about uh, whatever happens between now and then. And remember to subscribe to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. And I will see you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I will be checking in with Lockdown Wild, who are also kind of in a weird situation, similar to the Flames in terms of losing a, a top goal scorer. So the conversation with Seth was enlightening and it's, was important to remember and come to terms with that this isn't the end of the world.